Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 207 of the Mighty Whites podcast. I'm Jack, as always, John by KC. How's things, mate? Yeah, not bad. How about you? Uh, well, as always, Leeds have won, so I'm in a much better mood. Even long work days and things like that are not going to annoy you when you've got a nice win like that. Yeah, very uh, nice routine, comfortable win against a team we should be. Absolutely nothing to get stressed out about. No, no, nothing to be stressed about, nothing to be annoyed about. I'll tell you what, though, there is some annoyance that you've seen on Twitter from uh, Wolves fans. I mean, Wolves fans are out there complaining about a conspiracy. Now, I don't know what they're talking about, but they can't join the Stonecutters because it's too exclusive. <laughs> I mean, unless you know someone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The who no makes Wolves, Wolves players play like shite? Who, who funds referee oversight? We do. We <laughs> do. <laughs> um, I was trying to think of who was the best player to be, Um, who makes Steve Gutenberg a star, but I couldn't think of a thing that really worked. <laughs> um, who, who made Steve Cooper? <laughs> I, try, I was trying to get Michael Salisbury into it. Um <laughs> God, Wolves fans are so mad. <laughs> That's just mad at everyone as well. That like, and I'd really be mad at their strikers for not scoring and their defenders for being terrible. But we'll just get straight into the game, I suppose. Um, Started we'll brilliantly. Yeah, uh, yeah, we did start well. We were getting Nonto was getting a lot of space down the left. Got the ball out to him a few times and looked to threat. And then, like, six minutes in, Robin Cock plays a good crossfield ball out to Nonto. He beats Samedo very easily. Um, good pullback. And Jackie Harrison, he has got the extra two letters on his first name back at this point for certain. Uh, yeah, Jackie Harrison sweeps it home left-footed. Really good finish. Always hate him playing on the right-hand side. Never rated yep. it. Uh, yeah, we hadn't we hadn't just spent the entire time saying, we should put Aronson on the right and Nonto in the middle and Harrison on the left. Yeah, and to be fair, we'd we'd had um, a half a similar half chance before with Nonto putting the ball in. That's when I think Bamford had that flick backwards. Um, I'm trying to remember who that fell to. If that was was that McKenney, it went to. Um, I think it was Aronson, but you know we'd got him down that side once before, and this is only six minutes into the game. Yeah, um, a fantastic pass from. From cock out to Nonto as well. It did annoy me when it was described as, I think the commentator described it as a little pass. Yeah, like 45 no, cr yard crossfield cross ball. Crossfield ball. <laughs> a little pass. Nice little pass there. I haven't actually, we'll have to, uh, we probably didn't get the absolute best of it because we watched it in a louder place. Mm. But um, the commentator had an interesting day. <laughs> Yeah. Was... Have you seen the supercut going round of every time he mentions it? It's 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 pretty amazing. Um Johnson but... in Parliament having to talk about uh having to talk about his passing discretions. Yeah, but you really think they should look back at that leads that leads challenge. Should have been yeah. a penalty. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, one nil up. And then if we're being honest, for 40 minutes we couldn't keep the ball and we were barely in the game. <laughs> <laughs> no, you wouldn't have known Patrick Bamford was there. Um, 
we just got thoroughly dominated. <laughs> yeah, we really weren't great for the rest of that half. But we also didn't need to be, because I would say that although we weren't very good, I don't think Wolves were either. Obviously, there's the frustrating moments that they, they have a couple of chances. That ball that they play across the six-yard box that is absolutely begging for someone to get on the end of it. because, And I think it's the reason why none of the Leeds players go for it is uh, with, with Jack Harrison's fantastic finish last week. Yeah. Stuck in their minds thinking, if I go for this, it's an own goal. If I remember rightly, I think that the one person who could have swung a leg was Verber with his right. And it was an awkward position to do it. Because does that lead directly to the one that we sort of clear off the line? Yes, I yeah. believe so. Um, that was that was like the one really big moment where you thought, oh shit, they're going to score here. But we, um, the main thing coming out of the first half wasn't them dominating the game or anything like that. It contained the start of the conspiracy. Um, and I would argue probably the biggest one, it, according to um, that commentator, definitely the biggest one. So The commentator, the co-commentator, is it David Phillips? David Phillips, I couldn't remember his name. I could former, remember Phillips. Former Welsh international. And formerly Forest and Huddersfield, I believe. Yeah. Um. I'm not saying it's relevant. I'm just saying I'm not saying it's not relevant either. Um, right. Furpo doesn't know who's over his left shoulder. It's bad awareness. You can tell he doesn't know he's coming. And he sort of swings at the ball. And Semedo gets there. And Furpo's a bit clumsy. Was it a penalty? No, because I think he touches the ball. You you can see it change direction after Semedo touched it. Yeah. Um, I, I think he gets very lucky with it. Yeah. <laughs> like I think he I think he's half an inch off giving a penalty. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, very fortunately, I think he gets a touch. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. He does get a touch on the ball much more by luck than judgment. Are uh, Are you surprised that it wasn't looked at? Well, it well, I mean, didn't it was, seem to be. Well, it was looked at. Uh, I, I meant on field. Yeah, they didn't send him. But the way mm. that they do VAR now, which is, uh, I, I mean, I doubt that any Wolves fans will see this, but if they do, you should take notes on this because it, it might help. how it works. The referee says what he thinks happened in the incident. And if that is re- relatively, it doesn't have to be dead on. If they're pretty much right, then they don't send it back. And what the referee will have said is, Furpo's a bit clumsy, but it gets a small touch on the ball, and that therefore I didn't give a penalty. And then whoever's at Stockley Park will have watched it and gone, yeah, it's a bit clumsy, it gets a slight touch on the ball. So it's gone. Now, if the referee had given a penalty and said, uh, Furpo is a bit clumsy and he catches Samedo on the ankle, so I'll give a penalty, VAR would have also not sent him to the screen and said, no, yeah, that's roughly what happened. It wouldn't have got overturned the other way if it got given. Mm. It was it was a bit clumsy. He got a touch on the ball. It won't given. I think it's perfectly fine to not give that. I mean, it's a lot less of a blatant penalty than the one Leeds didn't get against Wolves in the first game between the two sides this season. Yeah, it's, <laughs> the, the, the and this will be a, a recurring theme. Uh, the cheek of your fans, mate. <laughs> Time wasting, <laughs> like you've never. Like, you've never run down the clock 
Week after week. My God. I mean, that'd be a... Had a penalty. Yeah, <laughs> mate, your goalkeeper punched our right back's head off. Yeah. In... Didn't he? Didn't go to the monitor. No. And the, uh, I mean, the specific, like the Nuno side and then the Lice side were definitely the most, might have been the most shithousey team I've ever seen. I mean, we use the example all the time. Connor Cody just, not a ball smashed at his face, ball played forward, heads it clear, goes down holding his head to waste time. And you know what? When they did that, they were doing it because they need they needed to do it and it were in trouble and it might get them a result. I blame referees when they, that they, happens. They were trying to get into Europe. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like it's referees' fault when shit like that happens. So you know when we were doing a bit of time wasting and stuff, that's the referees' fault too. They probably should have booked Melier. He did take a lot of time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the first one, I think if it gets given, it doesn't get overturned. But I don't think it was a pen. It was a bit of a dodgy one. Uh, second decision of behalf, the Craig Dawson challenge on Jack Harrison that he gets a yellow card for. Was it only a yellow? I think so. Hmm. I I think I like I think it's a bad challenge, but um, yeah, I yeah he, ha, he has to go in with his feet. Like he, I, I don't think it's not like he's jumped into it. No, obviously he's going in with his studs, but his studs are pointed down. Yeah, and Harrison's leg, he's already on the floor. He's like his legs are. Yeah, like it's it's an unfortunate. It's an unfortunate thing for him because the the ball is there to to you know to make an attempt of the challenge, but yeah, it's it's a yellow card for me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yellow card. He's a bit late and he does catch him, but it's just a bit unfortunate. And then a few minutes later, you've got Craig Dawson's challenge challenges. Um, in Grabs. This, yeah, on Bamford at the end of the first half where Bamford sort of outbattles him, turns him, gets wrong side. And, I mean, according to the commentator, Bamford grabs Dawson's hand with his neck and goes down. Uh, I don't... I... I, I, I thought Pat Bamford was put in an abdominal stretch, yeah, is, is what I, happened at some point. I failed to see... I think that there's like four grabs and I think probably three of them are a foul. And the final one is like basically the collar of his shirt as he knows he's wrong side. I mean, it's a definite second yellow. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm i not surprised it didn't get given. Um, the outside of a Raul Jimenez daft tackle followed by petulantly kicking the ball away as the team are trying to take a free kick. Two yellow cards in 90 seconds. Yeah. You don't typically get there is typically a a warning foul in there. And I know I know there's a few attempts in there, but it is all going to be grouped together as one, isn't it? So yeah. like I, I think there is definitely a case for that being a second yellow, but I wasn't at all surprised it wasn't given. Yeah. So so far, although he hasn't necessarily had a great game. There's probably one a piece that either side can be a little bit unhappy with. 
I think that's probably fair enough. Half time, one nil leads. We're very happy because let's write, we were second best for the half. Can't let me hang it. Uh, Lopetegui, of course, immediately hooked Craig Dawson because he knew he was about to get sent off. Um, and the one that did surprise me was they brought on Sarabia for Pedro Neto, and I thought that Pedro Neto had been pretty good for them. I know he's had a lot of time out injured and stuff, but he, I was quite pleased to see him go off. Mm. No, it was... Especially with them in the ascendancy like they were, I, I was surprised that was an area where they thought, we'll make a change. Yeah. Like, I mean, I have... I haven't read any stuff, so I don't know if maybe he had a knock or something. But yeah, um, yeah, going forward, outside of taking chances, they didn't seem to have too much of a problem. I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, we're getting to the second half. Um, Leeds have a good start. Weirdly, and this was the second good corner because uh, there was a short one that Mark Locker then swung into McKenny at the far post, one in the first half. It was quite a good corner. When mm. yeah. Early in the second half, Mark Locker swings in a good corner. Ailing sets off to the front post, takes two steps, turns, runs the other way. And that is enough to get him 10 yards of space. Um, good good corner. I mean, it's definitely a good corner. If it bounces seven yards out middle of goal, it's a good corner. No one near Ailing. I'd say diving header, but it's not as urgent as that. Textbook header into the ground. <laughs> yeah. Close. Um, just yeah. heads it in. Um, Jose Sago's running up to the referee to complain about something. I'm still not sure what, and I've watched it back. Oh, we, we, <laughs> we were looking at it, and I was like, is he is he trying to protest that I can't remember who it was that was marking him? I think it was Bamford him. that was marking the keeper, so to speak. Like, it, like, I'm guessing the argument was that he was blocked off, and he wasn't. No, not even nearly. <laughs> um, and yeah, the only I... way he would have been is if he'd have gone in the wrong direction. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but Ailing heads in. Fantastic marking. Brilliant header. Brilliant celebration. As soon as he set off running, everyone went, oh, he's going to do it again. He's good. Watch, watch he's going to do the thing again. <laughs> it's very harsh doing the Robbie Keane celebration to Wolves fans twice. Ah, it was great. That 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 was his dream move when he was there. Yeah, you know, before the other dream move. Before his before his dream move to Coventry and his dream move to Inter, Inter and Leeds. His dream and, loan move to Leeds and Spurs and Liverpool and Spurs and Celtic and Aston Villa and LA Galaxy. And West, West West Ham on loan, and so. he played. Some, did he play somewhere in India as well? I think. <laughs> All I his dream moves. Is it Kerala Blasters? Yes, that. <laughs> Not going to fact check it. Yes, uh, but yeah, two 0 up, and we're in pretty much dreamland at this point because it is kind of that rare situation. Before, because before this game, we both said I kind of fancy us for this one, and at two 0 up, you're looking at their squad and thinking they don't score goals. We are all right. So then Leeds make a very, what looks like a very defensive substitution. But to be honest, no one was happy with. Uh, Christensen comes on for Nonto. And you go, oh, so we're going straight to a back five. Ailing's going into right centre-back and we're just going to sit deep for the rest of the game. And uh, he comes on. We take Furpo, throws the ball into Bamford's feet. Harrison cross. Uh, Johnny Otto 
I don't know what he's doing at the far post attempting to defend this because Christensen messes it up. Otto has the ball, just lets Christensen have it back. Good touch out of his feet, straight through the keeper's legs, 3-0, 22 seconds after coming on. Um, This this is one of them where, where you just think, oh, it's our day today. <laughs> what what could possibly go wrong at this point? Um, you can only say amazing substitution. Yeah, fantastic 20, substitution. 22 seconds from coming on to scoring. I'd love to know what Johnny was trying to do. Yeah, fantastic substitution. Gets the goal immediately. Now, I do think that us changing shape and bringing Christensen on did actually, if you take out that 25 seconds... The, the I actually follow, think the it made us twenty minutes. Yeah, I, I actually think this substitution made us quite a bit worse. <laughs> we 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 became very lopsided, didn't we? As a result of that, like I'm, I'm I'm thrilled for him because I can't say he's done well this season, but by all accounts, is is well liked in the camp, and and Grathia spoke very highly of him afterwards and how hard he's been working so in, in that regard it's nice that he's had a positive moment this season because I don't think he's had many um, no I can't think of any at all to be honest no the, the pre-season friendly was as good as it got when him and Brendan Aronson were dominating the right hand side and we we're thinking yeah. Jesus we're going to be good this season <laughs> the two of these linking up yeah Pontus Janssen of fullbacks are here um <laughs> But, but yeah, it was a good finish. It was it was a really well taken finish. It was just like I say, uh, Johnny, who um, had a a wild ride of the next fifteen minutes. Yeah, um, I don't know what he's trying to do. He then claims foul for being something tackled. Yeah, well, I mean, Johnny Otto only knows how to do one thing, and that's take him to the Matthews Bridge, as we know. Um. Yeah, so 3-0 up, cruising, absolutely cruising. Even Leeds with their propensity for doing stupid things. Sorted at this point. There's, and we, again, we've we mentioned this before, but uh, your dad on a near weekly basis will go on about the lack of composure in this team. Yeah. And oh boy, did it start to show. <laughs> oh God, we... Right. Yeah, three minutes later, there is a well pretty decently judged ball over the top. Melier makes a decision nice and early, comes out, heads it clear, comes to Mark Locker. All you have to do is not do this. <laughs> like he if he if he just hooks it to no one, that's fine. If he takes a touch, that's probably fine. If he just Smashes it sideways, it's probably fine. But no, perfect no-look weak foot pass to Johnny. Who, admittedly, it's an excellent finish. Oh, you can take nothing away from Johnny. That is excellently judged. It bounces into the roof of the net. Mm. Um, I just I just look at, at Matt Rocker and he doesn't seem to look. It's just, he I'm doesn't like, look. I'm just playing this wide. He is, just in general, <laughs> he might, in general, be one of our more composed players. Not in this... Like, it was such a dumb decision to make. <laughs> yeah, the people that are not on his side, this this was this was certainly not helping. Um, I, I 
like I said, I'd love to know what he was thinking at that point. Because... I just think he didn't. I think confidence was high because, you know, we're 3-0 up and we're cruising. He's just set up a goal. And I just think his confidence is up and he's glanced. You know, you're meant to scan and it's, you're scanning all the time. Hmm. And I think he's looked seven seconds earlier and seven seconds earlier he's seen a white shirt in that position. And then he's followed the ball and just thought, oh, no, it's exactly the same as it was when I looked before which is just a daft thing to do when he passes it straight to him. Having watched it back, there's been a little bit online about Melier could have waited for that and just caught it in his box. And having watched it back, he could have. But I only think it's fair to call that out if I'd have been certain of that in real time. And in real time, I thought he did fine coming off his line and hadn't it clear. It's Rocker's fault. <laughs> if, if, if Rocker lumps that over his head, this does not happen. You know the uh, square ball cover with Hoof and Michael Brown on it? Yeah, do that. If, if if he does that, everything's fine. And then we don't completely fall apart for the next 25 minutes. <laughs> we, oh my God, we looked terrified of doing absolutely anything for the rest of this. Uh, they just wave after wave of attacks. We, because we've taken Nonto off, we sort of drop in, but we're still lopsided, and for so somehow we're also incredibly narrow all of a sudden, and Adama Traore has 15 yards of space out on the right wing at all times, and he's just coming at us and coming at us, and we're just falling further and further back. There's a couple of good saves in there, but there's one where there's a low cross into Jimenez, and Melier makes an unbelievable save at close range. Which, I honestly think if he doesn't save that, I think that we don't win this game. Yeah. A lot of Melier's saves were, were at very close range, now that I think about it. like That was almost the majority of what he had to do. Um, it, it was very odd, because you were looking at this system where Christensen was wide on the right, and Jack Harrison was seemingly now a central midfielder with yeah um around this time it would become Rodrigo and Aronson up front yeah it looked like sort of 5-3-1-1 at this point Harrison's like tucked in we've got a midfield three and then like Aronson behind yeah I think Rodrigo was on money but it, yeah he came on around the time of the goal didn't he yeah but the weird thing was that we had a five, but also like Thurpo was really narrow. It was it was a very odd system. I don't think that that's what we were going for. It can't have been. I think that they just all got a bit confused. Um, but yeah, that that amazing save from Melier is in seventieth minute, and that is a massive moment. They do still then score three minutes later. Uh, ball comes out to edge at box. Mateus Cunha, no one closes it down. Um, it's not a very good shot, but it hits Verba's foot and deflects into the corner. No, and... it's, it's just the disappointment of not closing down at all. We just yeah. give them so much time to do, to do these to do these things when they put the ball back into the box. They've got time to not to play it in. When it comes to Cunha, he's got time to get it out of his feet and get his shot away. And it, yes, it's unlucky that Verba's sort of in in gets the touch that, that takes it past Melier, but 
I'm pretty sure it's Furpo that, that needs to get out to him quickly and he just mm. doesn't. Yeah, if it, it was real important. Leeds are still absolutely shitting it. And then, for as mu- and it's kind of weird to say, because obviously Christensen scored immediately after coming on. So I cannot in any good conscience call that a bad substitution. But I do think it made us worse, other than mm. him scoring immediately. However, one thing that was good, we then, on 81, he makes two subs. He takes Furpo off for Strauch, which I think, because Furpo was on a booking, was a good sub. But the really key one is he takes Aronson off for Somerville. And we suddenly actually looked like we might be able to properly break on them. Uh, and that only became bigger, uh, like, three minutes later, when, I suppose, referee decision, this will be number four, comes up that they are very, very upset about Wolves fans. And this will be a short discussion. Johnny Otto's tackle on Luke Ealing, was that a red card? Yes. <laughs> Look, uh, <laughs> I assume, I assume Lapategi has a, an iPad in his dugout to, to watch these replays like most teams seem to do at this point. How, if he has watched that back, and with the confidence that that man spoke with after the game to say, we will be appealing this red card. I don't know what that man has seen. I don't know what game he was watching. I Like, had, this... they, had they switched over to the Southampton game and watched a different tackle? They must have done, because this isn't just a red... Like, I will say, I don't think he means it. I don't think this is a malicious tackle. But it's an awful tackle. It is. It, thank fuck Luke Ayling studs weren't in the ground. Because if Luke Ayling studs were in the ground, he's broke his leg. Like, no doubt about it. And it's very lucky that he didn't anyway. It's a horrific tackle. If Johnny Otto doesn't complain. No. Like, he knows what's happened. <laughs> it, it's, it's a really, really bad tackle. And, and you know what? And again, this was this was the system working. Because you and me watching it, there is a we see a foul. Yeah, because the original um, TV camera that we saw, it just looked like he was late. You couldn't really, you couldn't tell how bad the tackle was. Yeah, and then you watched one slow motion replay from a lower level, and it's mid shin. Yeah, it, it studs up. It, it's over the ball anyway. Uh, which is long gone, and and str- like again, the only complaint I have about this is why VAR need to send him over. It should just be a case of no, we've looked at it. It's studs up, shin, you know, shin high. He needs to go. Oh, yeah, okay. and why and why Michael Zolder needed to watch seven, eight replays of it. He did watch a lot of replays of that tackle. Yeah, like a, I mean, a surprising it, amount of replays. I mean, it was such a blatant red card that normally something like that, big VAR replay, you'd be sat there and there'd be a few Leeds fans around and you, if you're watching it, you'd be going, oh, come on, ref, he's got to send him off. Over. And everyone going mental. That wasn't happening because it was such a blatant red card that everyone saw one replay and went, oh, red card. Yeah. And then the only discussion was, how come he hasn't sent him off yet? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's that What's blatant What's he looking for? Yeah. Um, at which point, of course, the commentator says, well, you have to wonder why you didn't send him to the screen for that penalty, because David Phillips is a fucking moron. 
um, so yeah, that puts them down to three two. So now you know Leeds. Just you know, you be composed. You just keep hold of the ball. You play it around. You maintain possession. You've got the man advantage, and you just play sensibly, and you'll win this game. And Leeds continue to panic and back off and lose the ball, and <laughs> and they keep coming forward. Um, the master plan. <laughs> like we, because even when it, you wouldn't have known it was ten v eleven, would you, for this yeah. bit? <laughs> and, uh, and again, fair play because. At that point, if you're Wolves, you're just looking, going, well, I guess we just play two at the back now because we've got to go for it. Yeah. And we and were watching we're, the game. And we're already on the back foot. So I'm not surprised nothing really changed in that regard. No. Uh, but there was a bit more space. I can't remember. That break where Rodrigo should have shot, was that at 3-1 or 3-2? I think that's at 3-2. I thought it was, but I wasn't 100%, because he never has the shot anyway. But the, that was like the opening of, oh, there is a bit of a gap there. And uh, like Somerville broke a couple of times and beat his man well and got us up the field. And he, he I really do think he made a difference when he came on. Um, but then, uh, like the 97th minute, uh, Adama Traore has the ball, not in a good position for him, back to goal, 40 yards from his own goal. And Matt Rocker comes in, and... Yeah, fouls him. <laughs> he bounces off Adamatrari with this tackle as well. He barely moves, but it is a foul. He just bounces yeah. off his tree trunk-like legs. Yeah. Adamatrari stops. Well, he actually carries on for a couple of steps. Stops. Somerville comes over, robs him of possession. Plays a good through ball for Rodrigo. Good touch across for defender. Excellent finish. 4-2. Now, I would love to do the whole... There's two There's two things about this. There's the Leeds one, which is that this is very funny. But, like, I said in the... It, when we were watching the game, I said, this is definitely getting ruled out. Like, it is a foul. It's a soft foul, because Rocker barely touches him and then he has a pull at his shirt. But it is a foul. No, no doubt about it. Uh, for some reason... I mean, Michael Salisbury gets sent to the screen. Which they can't raise. Yeah. Uh, he watches some videos and just doesn't rule the goal out. Now, this one... All right, Wolves. Yeah, I'll give you this one. <laughs> <laughs> the, but it... there is one more thing that I want to say about it. If the roles were reversed, yes, I would be fuming that that free kick is not given. I'd be way more mad at Adama Traore. Play to the just fucking whistle. Stopping. He just uh, stopped playing. Somerville channeling his inner Mateus click there and just thought, <laughs> <laughs> chaos. Because if Adama Traore just keeps going, he's fine. Somerville still has to run over to him in that, that time because he stopped. It's like... It's the sort of thing that, like, I reckon that it wouldn't surprise me if Lopetegui, once he watches that back, if he, like, finds a damn trail there for that. It was fucking, it was such bad play. Especially with, especially with, I know that it's, a foul is a foul, it's still a foul. But when you're the size of a damn trail there, you can't, you, referees will 
look at it a bit different when you just like throw your arms up and stop. You know, you, you see it with like, I mean, you've Bamford gets yourself, it a lot. You've lathered yourself up. You've made it so that people can't get you. <laughs> so you then can't be shocked to go, well, you're still on your feet, aren't you? You're fine. Uh, I, yeah, I would be absolutely livid if, if I was watching a Leeds player that just stopped and started appealing for a free kick like that. It's, yeah. it's one thing when you grab hold of the ball. And that annoys me a lot when when you go down and, and sort of, no, yeah. no, that was a foul. Yeah. And, and as annoying times... as as annoying as that is, though, you're never going to concede a goal directly. For, you might give away a bad set piece that leads to something, hmm. but you cannot concede a goal from doing that because even if you don't get it given, it's a free kick. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'd be, I'd, I'd be livid. But from there, let's say Somerville wins it back, gets away from him. Excellent pass, and this version of Rodrigo this season with just the deftest of, of chips, it was wonderful. Yeah. It was right. There's not many things that you get to service with a Leeds player for. It was a messy finish. He loves that. You don't get yeah. to see it very often. Uh, Brown said here, uh, 11th goal of the season equals that of Rafinha last season, top scorer. Having, it's it's a shame he's missed a couple of months because he's had a late season. Yeah. Um, um, and one thing that I really liked on that goal was if you seen the reverse angle when you see Graffia shouting at Somerville, get it, play it, go. He's like, no, no I, I know that we win it. The the reverse angle, Graffia's running to the edge of his technical area to like shout at him, go, push, play it. He's seen what's on very quickly, which was great to see. Uh, and then there's a bit of pandemonium on the touchline and Mateus Nunes is sent off for apparently some, they're not sure whether it's for vinyl, violent conduct or for making contact with an official I think that it has now been rescinded, I think it happened about half an hour ago Um, have you actually seen it back? I haven't, no now there is one thing that Mateus Nunes does do that he shouldn't do. He does leave the technical area while he's complaining. But what happens is the linesman walks backwards into Nunes. And when I say into him, I mean, if someone brushed you in the street like that, you probably wouldn't even notice. But because everyone is yelling at the officials and they've already pissed off the officials, there's a big overreaction and he gets sent off. Um, so, really so Wolves, you know what? I'll also give you that one. And but the thing is, it's been rescinded, and it was a player that wasn't even on the pitch, so it had no material impact on anything. <laughs> but the you know, 4 2 win, and the weird thing with this game is, I think you could argue there's an hour of this where we really didn't play well. An hour might be generous. Yeah, and like we, there was large swathes of that game. We we were under the cosh. I mean, you just got to look at the the statistics for it. Um, you know, they've dominated possession, created far more chances. Uh, let me just have a look. Twenty three shots to eleven. Um, eight shots on target to our four. Sixty six percent possession. Uh, nearly twice as many passes as us with with five hundred and eighty. 
our pass accuracy was down to 67%. Um, you know, they, they were in control for large portions of that game. And if they could take a couple of those chances they created earlier on, they'd have been laughing. But well, one, one of the one big thing things... About... Sorry, I was go on. Say one thing is, it was a bit... You know what they reminded me of a bit with a lot of it, though, when they were in control? You know when we kept giving away early leads and then getting into control of games under Marsh? Mm. They sort of reminded me of that a bit, where I was watching it and I had, because it's leads, I had a lot of nerves. But I, I, until that second half when we really started panicking, there weren't, I didn't feel particularly worried about them having all the ball. So just uh, looking at info goal as well, the XG Wolves at 2.93 to Leeds 1.32. That'll even us up a bit because we were running way behind. We were running behind our XG by a decent amount. That'll have evened it up a bit. Yeah. But like I said, a lot, you know, a number of chances they had were inside the six yard box, Melier making a big save. Um, You know, if they, but we we talked we talked about in the last episode if they had strikers that could take their chances they they wouldn't be in this position yeah but you know they're relying on on goals from midfield and you, you look at the two goals they scored against us it's you know they yeah. weren't they weren't nearly half as good as as many of the chances they actually created no I mean the first goal although it's this time it's a freak goal in terms of someone doing something very good. But that's not a repeatable thing. Mm. Like, it's... There we go. And then a poor shot that's deflected in. And I've, I was going to say, so I hear that uh, Jonathan Cook has actually said in the comments, um, we were, even though we're second best for the majority of it, I do think that we defended it pretty, really well. Like, the actual back four. Um, especially Verba. I thought Verba was very good again. Verba loves a block. He does love a block. If there's one really good block every game, isn't there? Yeah. At least. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that we defended very well. Um, and it was a bit weird because like we didn't have any control in middle of midfield, and obviously, like Rockers had the stick for the first goal, which he absolutely 100 percent deserves, and he didn't have a great game. But when I was I was thinking about Matt Rocker earlier and the way he played, and I just I saw it chopped into my head. Can you remember a single thing Weston McKenney did? No. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, and which means he probably didn't do anything particularly wrong or right. It was probably just there, but it was only after the game that I thought, God, in midfield, what, what, what did? McK-? And I honestly, other than he had one run out where the ball broke down and he had a bit of space, and I can't remember a single other thing. And I did see after uh, then, just before we went live, I saw a tweet that was something like, Rocker did make more mistakes, but he had. It was like double the touches and treble the passes, and he was involved in four times as many duels as McKenny. So it was like he was the action one, and McKenny was just the body, which pr- probably wasn't the worst thing in that situation to have someone who was just in the right areas but not doing a great deal. Mm. Um, yeah, I thought, as I said, I thought Nonto having come back in, I thought Nonto was very good again. Yeah, it it, it it continues to to interest me. Gratia substitutions because obviously he comes off. Um, 
uh, on the hour mark. Bamford came off not long after or just after the, the first Wolves goal. Um, and it's very it's a very odd world when you're seeing Nanto replaced by Christensen. But um, so I'm, I'm still not entirely sure what I make of his subs. I, th- I think he got it spot on when Furpo came off and, and Strout came on because I thought, obviously, Furpo had picked up, not by his standards, but by, by his recent standards, uh, an early yellow card. Um, which meant once Traro was on, he was fucked. Yeah, I mean, to, even if he wouldn't have been, there's... Adam Traro is such a weird footballer. Like, he should be brilliant, but he just isn't. But when oh, yeah. he plays Leeds, he is. <laughs> yeah, and he was he was getting a lot of room, as we've mentioned as well, that, you know, Furpa wasn't helped by Harrison playing, seeming to play very narrow as well. So he was given a lot of room. And I think a lot of that went away very quickly once Strout came on. I think we sort of got to grips with him better. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think having, obviously, pace-wise, probably not as quick as Furpo, but physically can can deal with him a bit better. Yeah. Um, I, I thought that worked out. Obviously, when you're switching Bamford and Rodrigo, it, it's two very different strikers, but... The, you know, you have that player who can create something out of nothing, and he's probably our best player for that this season. Uh, yeah, I was one thing I was going to say actually, just as a thought that I had. Um, I know that obviously he scored the goal, and I was delighted to see the goal later on. But I actually think, goal aside, it wasn't really very good, was he? <laughs> no, in terms of. Yeah, because you you lose that pressing ability by making that sub. It's him and Aronson. I think Aaron and I think Bamford's the one that organises Aronson as well to to quite a large degree. So you lose that element of your team, mm-hmm. and you're already starting to drop deeper. Yeah, but you saw on that peel away when he makes the run and he gets the, you know he made a good run and got into a good position. He he absolutely should have got a shot in, mm-hmm. but. He, he does get in those positions and he does make himself available for these passes. Um, and, you know, he, he got, he realistically had two opportunities in that game. Once he didn't get the shot in and the other he scored. Yeah, which you know. Right, which is, it's sort of, if you have him and Bamford starting in games together, grand. If that it, was if literally he, the next, the next thing I was going to bring up is I still think, do you reckon that long-term graphic is going to want Rodrigo off Bamford. I think so because as much as I like the defensive element that Bamford and Aronson bring together, they're not scoring goals between them. Yeah. Or like, individually. That's that one where it might depend who we're playing. Yeah. Like I, Arsenal I, I like, away. I, Arsenal away, you probably you, you probably can't play Bamford and Rodrigo. Hmm. But then Forrest on the Tuesday night. Probably yeah, can. I mean it was it was interesting as well because we were we were talking late on about why Ruter hadn't come on because again we'd seen his hold up play before mm. and it almost seemed ideal to get him on and he seen someone like someone late on in the game where I wouldn't mind seeing him hold the ball up and to bring and to then bring Rodrigo into a game 
when you're playing against a tired defence. Like I think he's probably got that in his locker. Yeah, but okay. it's I think it's a shame that the twenty ones don't have a game in the international book. Um, because I, I think it would have been an ideal time to, you know, start Luther as a nine or as a ten. And just like let him play a bit of football. I think there's a few players could do with it. But the, the other good thing with this, obviously, 4-2 win is we jump up to 14th place because although the results weren't perfect, they sort of went for us. Uh, like, I mean, Spurs threw away a 3-1 lead to draw 3-3 with uh, Southampton, which was very annoying. Conte uh, was not happy. No, and well, I'm assuming that, I mean, he hasn't gone yet, but I'm guessing he's gone in this international break. I don't see how we can carry on after that. Um, Listen here, Levy, you big bald son of a bitch. <laughs> Kiss my ass. <laughs> um, that God, that's a deep cut. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, suddenly the table looks so much healthier, and <sighs> there's time for this to change. But for the first time in about two and a half months, I don't think we're going down. Yeah, I mean, I'd be fascinated to see where we are. It, it's it's week to week, isn't it? It's so tough to predict now because we're looking ahead to, uh, you know, obviously after the after the international break, we're, we're away at Arsenal. Mm, don't really fancy us. Forrester at home to Wolves. Uh, Palace and Leicester play each other. Bournemouth are at home to Fulham. West Ham play Southampton. Yeah, there's a lot of teams playing each other, so it, it it's almost tough to know what you want because with it being that close, if one team wins, it just means the other is going to drop down. Yeah, if you know if we if we could get a draw, we might end up stay, pretty much staying where we are, or only dropping down one place if you manage to to get a point out of it. Um, yeah. you know. I was if just looking, to... and the bookies still have us at three to one, fifth favourites. But for the first time in a long time, I'm looking at it and thinking, I actually think that's a little bit tight. Like that 538 model now has us with a 17% chance of going down, which is sixth favourite. But I think we were at like 30 odd before that game. Never get it wrong, those people. Nope. Pride themselves on their uh, high accuracy rate. Just ask President Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, there was one other thing that uh, I was going to bring up. So that's seven uh, was seven points from four games for Javi Graffia. And in a weird coincidence that I hadn't thought about, and I'm just looking at this, I'm fairly sure it's right. He has had the same four games that Jesse Marsh started the season with in terms of opponent. Oh, yeah. Uh, a run of games from which we got seven points. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do this now. <laughs> For God's sake. But uh, I am more pleased in a way with, with Graffia's seven points than I am with Marsh's. Now, Marsh's is with the benefit of hindsight, admittedly. But the, the Marsh one, we beat Wolves on the opening day, which was great. We got the... Because, uh, but we we only drew with Southampton, which was a bad result. 
we beat Chelsea. That was a and Marsh's zenith, which I couldn't believe. And it's the all downhill Bright- from September. Yeah, and the Brighton game. Um, what what score did the Brighton home game end up? Because we they absolutely destroyed us, didn't they? <laughs> Uh, in that case, it was probably only one nil then, wasn't it? I think it might. Yeah, I think that we lost one nil, but it was one of them games where it could have been like ninety-five nil. <laughs> they every time they got the ball, they looked like they were going to score. It was one nil. Yeah. Um, oh, I remember because yeah, Pascal Gross scored and Sinistera missed an open goal from like two yards out, didn't he? When we'd not been in the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's just an interesting thing to contrast. It's different, the style, definitely. But I do feel more confident about the way we're playing now than I did in the way we were playing before. Yeah, I, I just think it's so much more measured. Like the, the the frustrations of watching a playing style and you and you know early in the season this isn't sustainable and yet the thought process was, well, we just have to keep doing it until it works. Again, that, that that's not how sports works, though. You you can't do that. You will run out of time. Yeah. Um, there's there's an argument that you maybe can if you have, like, if you're right at the top, you can go to input, but it doesn't work if there's this talent gap against you. No. Or at least it doesn't work consistently. No, and... I can't like I can't even really say that we're not conceding chances because we still are. Mm. And, and the Wolves game, we conceded some big chances, but the whole thing just looks a lot more solid as a, I feel as, a, like as a unit. It might be rose tinted glasses. I might look back at this in a couple of months and think I was wrong. But I I think that the team already looks sort of better coached than it did. And that's without Graffia having any real time. I'm quite interested to see how we'll... Not so much the Arsenal game, but the Forest game after the international break. The Arsenal game, I'll be interested to see how we line up. But if Arsenal play well, they'll win. Like, I'm, I'm okay with that. But I'm, I'm, wonder, I'm quite interested to see what we do with this week. Even though there's a few players away. Unlike a lot of teams, we don't have like 15 of the first team away. You can actually do something with it. This is the time when we truly build around JB and Gray. Yeah. Well, we can't because Gray's away with the under 17. Ah, bastard. Yeah. Where's Alfie McCalmont? Oh, he's probably off of Northern Ireland. Yeah, and out on loan anyway, I think. I think he went somewhere in January. I think he went to Cardiff. Uh, not Cardiff, Carlisle. <laughs> that would be, be a good move for him. Yeah, he is at Carlisle. Um, um, yeah, I, it, it'd be quite nice to, to have that time. And, you know, the, the talk was, the, the talk is you always want to get a pre-season and this is as close as he's going to get between now and the end of the season is this yeah. time. And, yeah, he's not going to work with his full squad, but, yeah... You know, your four, you, well, your three main strikers are still going to be there. Um, most of your back line will still be there. Yeah, so. Co- Co- Cooper, I believe, is in the Scotland squad. 
and Verba is in the Austria squad. But you yeah. can still work with Strauch and <laughs> with yeah, you've still got Strauch, still got Robin Cock. So Junior Furpo. Yeah. Well, it's, Not with the Spain uh, squad. He must be he must be in the Spain squad. He's been brilliant. Um there's no justice. Yeah, I mean the the worry with this is that, that, that you have this time together, you, you kind of can establish your tactics a bit more, and then you get thumped by a brilliant Arsenal team. Yeah, which could it could happen. Uh, there's probably only two more things worth bringing up. Uh, on Sunday, the 21s beat Sunderland 3-1. Two goals for Matteo Joseph, one for Sonny Perkins. That sends them three points clear with three games left. And they've got a really good goal difference. So if they win two out of three, they'll win the league. Yeah. Uh, I believe that they've got an away game on the 31st of March. So a day before the Arsenal game. Then they've got a home game back end of April. Hopefully they've moved that home, they play that home game either at Ellen Road or York, something that people can go to. Mm. Because um there's a decent chance that because uh, I believe they played Stoke in the next game and Stoke a second bottom. So there's a very Decent chance that that game might be winning you win the league. So I'd, it'd be good if I can get that open. So yeah, it'd be, quite, it'd be quite nice to have that make good after the the turnout for the Man City game. Yeah, uh, last season when obviously it was pretty much confirmed that they were down and we had to watch them win the trophy. Yeah, and the only other thing Bastards. to mention because it's around us in the relegation zone. Uh, Crystal Palace have sacked Patrick Vieira. That's interesting. Slightly odd decision. And they've hired Roy Hodgson. You know, I was just thinking how Leeds went out and decisively got their seventh choice manager. And Palace looked at the landscape and, and the managers available because they don't typically... Take managers out of a job. They they you know they take to pick up managers at the end of their contract or in between jobs. And they've clearly looked at the same landscape that Leeds did and went. <laughs> you know, Roy Hodgson came out of retirement to see Watford down last season. Mm. Think he'd come back to us. And by the sounds of things, he's really excited about it, which begs the question: Why did you retire? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he thought like, that he'd enjoy retirement. Turns yeah, out he doesn't. I, I don't. You know, I understand why him and and Palace parted ways. It 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 very much got to that point of we've reached a level here. Also, half of our squad is leaving, and it, we kind of want someone else in to to do the rebuild. If you're a Palace fan, you'd be thinking this really smacks of a lack of ambition. I'll tell you, uh, based on the Palace fans I have seen. The generous ones think that it'll keep them up and therefore then they can look at it in the summer. And I would say the majority of them are just astonished at this decision. Like they <laughs> like I've seen them going, you know, saying things like, look, I didn't want him, but I'd rather marsh from this. Um, it seems like a very strange decision to me. Um yeah, I believe. Have you seen the set of excellent timing, Michael Brown, in the comments there saying Hudson becomes the oldest manager to manage in the Premier League at age of 75? You know, the oldest manager to get a Premier League job. The top three are all Roy Hodgson. 
Is it, is it Roy Hodgson the first time at Palace? Roy it's, Hodgson, Watford. Roy Hodgson back at Palace. Yeah. And I've, yeah, it's like, it's something like that. It's a ridiculous thing. Uh, but yeah, it's a, he's had a, he's had a fair few. But yeah, I mean, they might get away with it, but they now have the like easy one of games. And I would have been more confident in them getting results under the air than with this change. But I suppose he, generally speaking, players seem to like him wherever mm. the majority of jobs he's ever had. So maybe that new manager bounce will be enough to get him a couple of wins. And if you get a couple of wins, that might sort you out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't even know with the Premier League anymore. No. It's a strange, confusing place. Yeah. But, oh, look, we play them on the 9th of April. Yeah. Oh, and there is one other thing that I should mention just before we go. Uh, obviously, we both predicted a win, so we get two points. I had Cock and Rocker to get two fouls each. Cock didn't make any, so that cleared that. But Casey actually had a winning bet for once. Oh, Jesus. I have no memory the, of this. You had Raul Jimenez to have a header on target at three to one, and he had one in the 94th minute. It was incredibly weak. There was no <laughs> danger. I had completely forgotten it happened. But I thought, oh, I, and I was convinced you'd lost, and I thought, I'd just better check. Oh, no. He did. There was a no, it was like 0.02 xg, nothing to it, but it was on target. I checked FB ref, it was on target. Yes. So KC takes the lead in the gambling by 30 quid because you're losing a mere 155 pounds to my 185 because we are gambling professionals. Although I, I did actually do quite well out of the Wolves Leeds game this weekend. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, that will do us. We will be back to preview the Arsenal game next week. Um, they, uh, the only way we'll be back with all then is if something mental happens, and I don't want anything mental to happen because we seem in a decent spot. Uh, and as for Leeds United content, anyway, everyone knows that all everyone's going to be doing is listening to the Square Balls propaganda over and over and over again this week because it, it, I know it's out now. I haven't listened to it yet, but it's bound to be brilliant this week. Because Wolves fans are amazing. They literally, they want, they were like tweeting at lawyers <laughs> trying to get someone to take the case on. They're insane. Right. So that will be my solicitors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Conveyancing. <laughs> Will's probably <laughs> conveyancing and suing the PGMOL. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, that, itself. yeah. Well, I bet that's the intro for propaganda that we haven't listened to yet. Oh, um, so, so yeah, that will that will do us for episode two hundred and seven of the Mike White's podcast. God, it's nice to be in so much of a better mood. I've been Jack. See ya. Have a Casey. Have a good one. <laughs>